I'm gonna try to go the entire episode without referencing Blight Town. <laughs> I I feel like the big challenge will be not to to reference the depths. Yeah, the depths or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> oh yeah, they're they're all. No, here. we will be getting that. <laughs> Yeah, this entire episode should just play music from Turtles in Time. <laughs> so, uh, previously, uh, we uh, saw Vincent leaving the WRO headed for Nibelheim, right? Yeah, I guess. The World Regenesis Organization. Yeah, and we don't really know where this headquarters is, right? I don't think there's anywhere we can... I don't know if it's mentioned anywhere. I would imagine somewhere in either Midgar or Edge. Hmm. Oh yeah, I think we learned there, there in might the be. intervening I, week that Edge is just a town on the edge of yeah, Midgar. I would actually like to talk about that because we. Um, it, it's funny that I've kind of, when talking about Final Fantasy VII Remake, and like not to get too spoilery about all of that because of uh, we haven't obviously covered it on the podcast yet, but anytime I've talked about it to anyone who would listen, I would kind of complain about how it's more so the extended universe of Final Fantasy VII that I don't really yeah. give a shit about. But the past like week or so... We've watched Advent Children, and we're playing Dirge of Cerberus, and then um, watched it twice. New friend of the pod, Chris from the Monster of the Week podcast, literally like one day just recommended a book, like mentioned it in passing to me, and then the next day I happened to be at a Barnes and Noble and just saw it there, so I was like, oh, I'll pick it up, and it's called Final Fantasy VII: On the Way to a Smile, which is a really <laughs> shitty title, but. <laughs> I like was just like, oh, okay, I'll pick this up. It has a little bit more. It, it, it like takes place between the events of, you know, the meteor fall in uh, Final Fantasy VII. Uh, actually, before that, it, it takes place between like the events of Final Fantasy VII and uh, Advent Children. And pretty much immediately on the first page, it answers questions that I brought up in the Edge episode. <laughs> I was like, where's Edge? Where, didn't we go everywhere in Midgar? Like, what's going on? Um, but yeah, you Edge, idiot, you just didn't read the book. Yeah, you didn't read the book, dude. Um, <laughs> well, a after J.J. Abrams took over uh, the Final Fantasy universe, all the books are no longer canon anyway. So, <laughs> But yeah, um, Edge was a town that was created after the fall of the plate in Sector 7. And people literally just took the like the wreckage from that event and like moved it to the edge of Midgar and set up like a makeshift town, kind of as like I guess a replacement for Sector Seven, and it kind of just became its own place. Because of Meteor Fall, Edge is probably thriving more than ever. Yeah, since most of Midgar is pretty much in ruins now. Yeah, exactly. Because if we remember from the end of Final Fantasy Seven, it's not really like Meteor that does the damage, but the life stream tornadoes and shit yeah the tornadoes and like the the life stream like the the huge like burst of life stream that kind of just gushes out everywhere like that actually really fucked up a lot of shit in midgar mm. and in the world in, in general but so i've accidentally done more research this season <laughs> during fucking dirge of cerberus <laughs> than i've ever like done outside of like just playing the game i mean yeah like <laughs> the the road less travel seems way more appealing in uh fandoms yeah since all the iconic moments tend to be uh retreaded pretty often yeah yeah, so now at this point, anytime I talk about anything fucking stupid in the Final Fantasy VII universe, I'm just expecting that it's explained somewhere, and I just haven't been bothered to <laughs> to find out about it, because I'm like, that's not in the original. I don't care. Yeah, it's like the Star Wars EU, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's very Star Warsy. Every minor character has a whole wiki page and backstory. Yeah, and arc. yeah. So. The European Union. 
But having said all that, uh, I, I've only read the first chapter of the book, which focuses on um, an Advent Children character who's sort of just, you know, like he's kind of like a side character in Advent Children that you're like, who the fuck is this kid? I don't care about him. But yeah, like, it's just to give a face to the main conflict since otherwise we'd have to care about nameless characters who'd happen to have geostigma. Exactly. Yeah. His, and his name's Denzel. Um, but like the end of that chapter with him is a scene right from Advent Children where he picks up Cloud's phone because he finds, like, Cloud's motorcycle, which I don't know if it's the uh, Hardy Daytona or not. I but don't think it is. It looks way too sleek. Yeah, he, like, he's... he's uh, Hardly Daytona. <laughs> um, but he ends up calling something in, like, the recent calls list, and he calls Tifa at Seventh Heaven, which is another question I think we had in the Discord when we were watching Advent Children, where we're like, oh, uh... Is that just like, is that what it looked like in Sector 7? Did she create Oh yeah, it must be 8th heaven now at this point. <laughs> no, literally, in like one of the first couple pages of that book, it talks about how Johnny has gone from like having a huge crush on Tifa to seeing her as a mentor and like someone that he should aspire to be like. Because <laughs> after the events of all of that, of 7th heaven getting destroyed, she just picked up the pieces and created one, I think in Edge. So the new seventh heaven is in edge and stuff. And I was just like, well, goddamn, it took me exactly three pages to be like, I sound, <laughs> if anyone has read this book, they know that I sound like a goddamn idiot. <laughs> you call yourself a true <laughs> fan, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking of edge, I wanted to bring up uh, something we forgot to mention last week, since this is kind of two weeks out. Uh, it turns out that the kid you navigate through edge with uh, can get kidnapped and abducted permanently. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shoutouts to the Dirge of Cerberus speedrunning community who pointed that out to us. So basically what happens is if uh, you fail to rescue the child, he will just drop a key that helps you uh, advance through all the doors that he would normally open for you. Now, again, I've only Thanks. read one chapter of the book. <laughs> Thanks. Um, only read one chapter of the book, so maybe they go into it. But why the fuck was this kid leading us to an ambush where we had to kill a soldier to get that thing <laughs> if he just had it in his pocket the whole time? That kid's a true grifter. Well, actually, it changes the scenario if the boy gets kidnapped. So if he gets kidnapped and he throws you the key instead of actually opening the door, when you go to that door and you open it, instead of shooting you, the soldier says that this is the Every FNFF podcast, <laughs> and my name is Curtis. And my name is Carl, and that concludes the corrections portion. <laughs> and with us as always. Uh, I'm Alex, and I am the corrections. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, yeah. So one thing I wanted to address before we hopped into this is uh, when we start this episode, we are in a sewer. And I jokingly asked, like, okay, how did Vincent get from WRO to a sewer? But since the beginning of the game, we've mostly seen how Vincent's gotten, like, from Calm to Edge or whatever. Yeah. But apparently there is a game you could have played in uh, 2006 or whatever before smartphones were even a thing uh, called Dirge of Cerberus, The Lost Episode. Which covers exactly this, which is how Vincent got from WRO headquarters to Shinra Mansion. It kind of looks like a DS game, but the gist of it is that you get on a helicopter from WRO, and then you're like immediately attacked by uh, fucking gargoyles. Fucking gargoyles, <laughs> man. They'll always get you. And then you land in Junon, as uh, we famously know, uh, was where the 1,200 people were mysteriously abducted, as Revis told us. But yeah, basically the game is you fighting through Junon. Uh, you meet a antagonist that we'll meet later this episode. Um, then get on a boat to Costa del Sol to catch another helicopter from the WRO. And that's basically the whole game. <laughs> yeah, so pretty pretty sick. And now you know that's how we end up here in this tour. <laughs> and now you know. 
I do have, even though I said that that was the end of the corrections portion, I do have one more where we were talking about how it's ridiculous that Vincent can like double jump and like fly around and stuff in the movies and like he can't clear just a simple like la- like tiny ladder which he can obviously jump higher than you can't like jump on top of a platform and there's actually a good reason for that and that's when they originally developed this game and in the Japanese version Vincent cannot double jump yeah they oh wow added that for the international release so makes a little bit more sense i, um, I guess a little I mean, it still doesn't because he can fly and shit, but, you know. I mean, you got to give him some credit, man. He's like 60 and or 30 years old, so, you know. <laughs> double jump on top of a ladder at your age. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm in my 30s and I can't double jump or shit. I mean, I think it says he's like 30 years old physically. Oh, yeah, doesn't it? It says something physically. I forget, but. But he's actually 60 years old at the events of this game. He's looking pretty good for 60. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. But anyway, uh, we're in the sewer here. We're in a sewer. We're in the uh, the Nibelheim sewers, and um, I would say pretty much immediately, like before we even leave the first room, just once we approach the first hallway, we are greeted by the Sahagin. Yeah, before we even get a chance to stink to to sniff that stinky, stinky air. <laughs> I was said to stink it, which is what I say when my cat is sniffing something. <laughs> I say that he's stinking. <laughs> Square, let us drink the sewer juice. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the scene starts and uh, Vincent says, yeah. Looks like I'm not the only one here. And then we just start shooting Sahagans. And it's actually a, a quest to like um, kill the Sahagan too. Like it's not, they're not just enemies that are in the area. There's actually like a quest that the game is keeping track of how many we've killed on the, uh, on the way. But yeah, this area isn't too complicated. Like, there's some uh, drainage offshoots to left and right down this corridor with items. Yeah. And sometimes Saha can come and give you the jump. Um, but essentially, yeah, it's just a bunch of sewers. There's some gates. Yeah, uh, I actually like uh, this kind of area a lot. I think this is like the best designed area yet that we've been to. It's really um, good. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of twisty and windy. Um, there's really only one viable path, but... There is a little bit of like possible doubling back on things and like the the twists and the area like the area itself is very there's like pipes everywhere. There's those little offshoots like you were saying and um, one of the themes not the themes but like one of the um, the things that this area is doing is it's giving creative ways for the Sahagin to ambush you. So like sometimes there'll be like one inside of a box that you thought would be an item, right? So like, oh shit, Sahagin in a box. Um, sometimes they'll like jump down from the pipes on top of you. Sometimes they'll be in like drains and fire up at you from a drain. So like, it's kind of neat. You kind of have to like keep an eye out for where these guys will be and then try to take them out before they see you if you can. And you can take them out before they see you, which is kind of interesting. Sometimes you'll find them like around a barrel and you can explode the barrel and kill them. Sometimes you'll like see them up in one of the pipes and be able to snipe them before you like they get you. So it's it's pretty cool. I like how this area is done. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice change of pace since like the last chapter was kind of more open air uh, and this is more close quarters. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of, I noticed that uh, the Sahagin are very susceptible to melee damage. Yeah. I, I said when I when I streamed this the other day, I was watching back my stream to take notes, and uh, while I was streaming it, I was like, "Damn, turtles weak to kung fu." <laughs> 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 Fucking stomping turts, man! <laughs> Just stomping turts. Stomping we're, the turts. We're like Mario up in here. Um, but yeah, it's a cool area. I, I kind of like it. Um, 
It reminds me of the depths from Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's like I, some gated areas through here that uh there's one that leads to kind of this rounded open-ish area that seems like it's gated from both sides. So you can actually gently enter it from one side, but uh you immediately get rushed by like six to ten different uh, Sahagans, so you have to kind of kill them all really fast before they get the jump on you. <laughs> What's great about those ones is when they first rush you, they all jump into the middle of the area, so you can hit them with a the thunder magic and just like take them out immediately. So good. Like what I did, I was just like, bam! <laughs> but yeah, there's like some cool little uh, catwalks through here that lead to basically the main mechanic of this level to kind of get by, which is... Uh, a switch that we can use to open the gate at the end of this area and a second switch that can uh, give us a shortcut to that first gate. There's a cool little area where you have to go up to like the second floor um, take a ladder and uh, you walk around to this little platform that has a button to release the gates in the sewer, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I like that there's a little mechanic where uh, the first switch you may come across is one for the big gate, which actually just opens up a shortcut. Kind of a little loop around. Yeah. 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 And that kind of gives you the hint to kind of maybe go find the uh, second switch that you need to uh, open up the, the final gate at the end. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah, some cool yeah. level design with that as well, or uh, just designed in general, like game design, because um, they, both the buttons that you have to hit have like very noticeable wires running from one to the gate. So there's like a blue one when it's up higher and then the, the other one is a red one. So what I did initially was I was like, oh, I feel like this game can kind of sometimes get you onto like a new area without you realizing it. And you're like, shit, I wanted to explore. Um, yeah. yeah. So be, I was like, that button looks like it might do that. So I'm just going to jump down. And then I jumped down and fought some Sahagin and hit the other button first and saw like the thing open. And then I was like, Oh, okay, cool. I wonder if I like, if that's the same thing. And then I realized like the different color and stuff and doubled back. And then it's like, Oh, okay, cool. Like that, you know, it, I don't know. I thought it was pretty, you good. know, this actually just reminded me that, uh, I love that you can actually follow the wires. I love I love when games do that. So like there's a switch that you can actually follow the cable from said switch to the gate to kind of figure out where it leads, which coincidentally, like later I'm going to mention again, but this reminds me a little bit like Half-Life 2, which has yeah. little mechanics like that where you can figure out what's powering what just by following a wire somewhere. Yeah. It's very cool. I, this is, I think this is the best stage yet. I think the stage is really good from the beginning it's, it's to It's really end. good, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, especially trying to find those little capsules that we got to shoot. That's, that was pretty fun. Yeah, There's a yeah. couple of them that were pretty sneaky. Yeah. Uh, once you um, press that the button up on the uh, on the little platform, I jumped off. I was just like, oh, I'll just jump down there because I see some Sahag and I'll shoot them. And that's the first time that I realized if you shoot downward while you're in the air, it'll like push you up a little bit. And so you can kind of like hover in the air for a moment by shooting your gun. It's kind of neat. Yeah. A rocket jump. It also doesn't have to be um, downward. Like you can just oh, really? if you jump. Yeah. If you're just jumping and shooting, I guess, because like Vincent can fly as we've okay. seen in every other piece of media that he's been in. So it's kind of just like he can do that, like and just hover in air, which I guess is, you know, uh, I don't know, I guess because it's like a third person shooter and they <laughs> want to make it a little easier to to aim while jumping and stuff so it's not quite like um breath of the wild levels where like everything freezes around you and stuff but it's kind of a similar type of uh situation i guess i'll tell you what it is it's cool as hell <laughs> hell fucking yeah so but yeah that's, that's that's pretty cool but yeah after we get that um that last gate open we end up where do we end up going? Eventually, we get out of the sewers via a ladder at the very, very back of the sewers. Right, and does that, does that lead to an elevator? Is this where the elevator is? This is not the elevator yet. The elevator is at the end of the next section. 
yeah, once we get to the top of the ladder, we're in like a new area. There's kind of like a, like a little warehouse. It looks like there's a bunch of like boxes being stored. There's some shipping crates. And I like that we come out of the ladder as soon as we get off. There's a a deep ground soldier who's not facing us, who's guarding the place. And you can just stand there and like walk around as much as you want and they won't see you until you like actually cross their field of vision. Yeah, I think you took your time and uh, like Oh, I took my them, sweet right? time. I saw him and I was just like, ah, bleh. <laughs> no, I like, I made a big gag out of it, getting like the, the, a gun with like the sniper scope on it and being like, we're going to snipe this person from point blank range, <laughs> <laughs> like right in the back of the head. Boom. Um, but like, <laughs> yeah. And this is like a warehouse with a shipping and or receiving area, I guess. Uh, the first floor is pretty cool because there is a, I don't, I don't know if I would say it's a hidden area, but there's an area you can access only by crouching. You can crouch under like a garage door kind of thing. Um, and you can go back there and... Uh, yeah, it's kind of like a loading dock or something. Yeah, you can go back there and get the power booster accessory, which um, ups your attack by 25%. So it's pretty good. That That is also an endless stream of uh, enemies, which I was yes. suspecting because you can just keep killing them and they keep... Um, you know, coming from all sides, uh, there's like four different like doorways or like bays, I guess, that they're like appearing in. And yeah. you can keep going and you can keep uh, chaining. Like, I think we talked about the chain um, system in this where when you get a certain number of like as you kill more and more, you, you chain them with one another. Um, I finally played through the tutorial and learned that that's not just like a cool number go up thing, but it also <laughs> increases the first thing of damage you do. So, oh, okay. Um, there's actually like a speed strat later on in this episode that I can talk about that utilizes that to get a one shot kill on a boss. Oh, wow. Which is pretty sick. But yeah, you can kind of just keep chaining off of these guys to get a higher and higher number to just one shot them every time they come out. But um, shout outs to uh, Shot M, who let us know that uh, if you do kill these soldiers, they only give you one EXP per kill. So really? compared to like the cost of a bullet, it's not really worth it, but cool little area. It's really yeah. weird because the Brady guide I'm looking at says, uh, this is a great place to uh, build up experience. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. If you have enough time to kill, uh, <laughs> this is like the, uh, crafting a hundred knives in Skyrim to build your crafting skill. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the, the the equivalent of Dave Stereo getting to level 99 in the reactor with Cloud <laughs> yeah. and Barrett. <laughs> um, Just in time for New Year's. <laughs> Hell yeah. Happy New Year, everyone. These, um, I think 2020 is going to be a good year. <laughs> <laughs> so these, I, I didn't, I wasn't sure at first when I was in this room, like if they were ever going to stop spawning or if they were like in, you know, infinite loop of enemies. So I was like shooting them. And but like by the time I would finish one group, the group behind me would be shooting me. And so I had to use every potion and high potion that I had <laughs> to survive this room. Worth it for that 15 experience you got. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was a nightmare. Yo, what about this uh, nice little freight elevator that goes up and down? <laughs> I love this elevator. This is like such an old school. Like it, It's basically just a Mario platform that moves up and down. <laughs> like it, it moves between every floor. You, have to you wait just have to it. wait. <laughs> and yeah. it takes a long time. You just sit there and be like, well, when this elevator arrives. <laughs> What's funny is that in the, uh, the Japanese version, uh, there are less invisible walls that keep you from just turning into the Gallant Beast and just jumping up bypassing the elevator uh, altogether which is interesting because so, like they really wanted to use the stupid elevator yeah it, it's an interesting use of getting a higher or i think the galleon beast has a double jump in the japanese version um which 
regular Vincent does not have. So it's kind of interesting that like when they added that, I guess, quality of life feature or thing to make it easier as Japanese developers will typically do when they have to port a game to the US, like uh, Super Mario Brothers 2. They... they thought ahead with that and they were like okay well if you can just double jump here you can just easily get to the top of the you don't have to wait for that elevator which i mean it's a nice looking elevator they <laughs> really wanted to show it off it took six months of development time to get the algorithm for the uh the the timing of the elevator <laughs> to be just right it's like when you're sitting at a green light and you're like oh this f- or, or a red light and you're like this fucking sucks and you don't realize that the, like whoever engineered it probably had very specific reasons for making it the length that it is yeah but uh, on the second floor, there isn't really much except like one or two guys and then a, I think a corridor that leads to what looks like a missile silo or something. Yeah, like a silo, yeah. But yeah, there's like a few items right there. But uh, the only thing that's in there is just one of the jukebox shops. Oh, yeah, yeah. But when you're in there, you may notice that there is a catwalk above you, which uh, you can access on the third floor, which is where we need to go next. Yes. Correct. And this is a cool little catwalk, actually. I thought it was kind of eventful. Because uh, when you walk across it, so you're in you're in the silo area, and as you're walking across the catwalk, the door at the end of that catwalk shuts off. Well, I think they both shut, right? Well, I think you have to walk back before the other one. Okay. Yeah, right? it closes, like, it and then you turn around, you and you're like, okay, I can go back this way, or I can jump down. And then when you walk back the other way, the other door shuts, and then you hear them like they're like, we got him, we got him cornered, like let's go. Yeah, very like you're saying, very Half Life. Like I feel like this is like a thing that they would do there. But yeah, there's these slotted uh, giant blast doors on either side that open up, and you have to take cover while picking off deep ground soldiers like ducks at the fair or something <laughs> like Marvel fair. yeah and then behind you a blast door opens and you have to switch sides and do the same thing what i thought was funny is that the door just opens once you take them all out so they could have just locked you in yeah yeah they really <laughs> yeah. yeah they could have just kept us from making any progress you would think yeah <laughs> this is where vincent's uh adventure ends yeah he's just stuck he like nobody kills vincent he they just trap him on a catwalk in a corridor <laughs> Um, he makes a little tiny makeshift coffin out of the boxes and <laughs> sleeps in that forevermore. Uh, R.A.P. Yeah, he's, not, so, he's uh, not far from his original room. It's true. We'll uh, get there. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, so once we're allowed to progress through the rest of the catwalk, at the end of the hallway, there is a, uh, a more nicely decorated elevator, not a freight elevator this time. Yeah, it looks like something out of a nice high-end hotel. Yeah, it's got some <laughs> looks nice like we're wood getting paneling. to go into the Shining. Yeah, nice gold accents. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he just uh, takes some time to take a big old think. <laughs> he sure does. He just posts up and leans against the wall and just does a hmm. And then we're whisked away to another scene. Another scene yeah. at another time. The scene fades up and we see uh, Turk Vincent again, uh, this time introducing himself as Lucretia's new bodyguard uh, while she's staying at the Shinra Manor, it seems. Yeah. Vincent Valentine reporting for duty, ma'am. I've been assigned your protection. And then she gives out this like gasp in like recognition saying no. Yeah. Why would they send his Excuse me? Oh, oh, I apologize. This is the first time I have ever met anyone from the Turks. And it's implied that she's kind of saying this to kind of uh to cover her uh true feelings of what she's uh, reacting to. And yeah, she just uh introduces herself. Lucretia Crescent, pleased to make your acquaintance, Mr. Valentine. 
And then we're on to another scene. But this time, not a flashback. <laughs> not a flashback. God, yeah, this is a big eye roll moment for me. I <laughs> think I liked it. I just mean I hate this character so much. Okay, so when well, I see him comically falling and being like, Whoa, I was like, God, fucking damn it. So we catch up. We catch with- up with uh, Ket She. He's creeping around trying to. I don't know, clamor into a big yeah. industrial complex. A horrible industrial like just nightmare cool video looking hellscape, yeah. Yeah. And this uh begins a sneaking catchy mission. <laughs> Which is yeah, his sneaking starts by him falling like hundreds of meters. <laughs> yeah. Onto a reactor. Yeah. So this is I've learned recently is uh, Reactor Zero, which is okay. somewhere under Midgar, I assume near like Shinra at the center. And I guess this is where Deep Ground HQ may be located. I, I could guess that because like when we, yeah, when we we saw the very first, um, in the very first episode, we saw that news broadcast of like all those like soldiers and media people like oh, right, yeah, the, vanishing or whatever. And they were the door. going underneath like Shinra Tower, or they were in Midgar, and so like when we keep hearing from deep ground, like oh yeah, I was under this area, like deep within the earth for this long, and he's probably like ah yeah right, okay that's probably yeah. where they are. So it's not just a clever name. <laughs> it's not just a clever name. Does that imply in the news they just let them loose? I guess. I was actually thinking. I was thinking about because that. Deep as a like, of fact. St- because deep ground just like s- attacks. You know what? As soon as we see the news, like, it looks like that, uh... Put a pin in that. Put a pin in that, because I do want to talk about that because of something someone says later in this episode. Okay. So, like, interested to have that. Just wait a second. Like, wait a second. Yeah, why why now? Yeah. No, I have have a question about that. But, um, yeah, it's time for Metal Gear Ketchy. We're gonna... This chapter is literally called uh, Solid Ket, if you select it on the chapter select menu. It's very <laughs> That's silly. awesome. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, and this kind of ties into what Reeve said at the end of last episode, which is, you know, now as for me and my feline companion, it's time we found out what Deep Ground is truly up to. And as we saw last episode, when uh, the headquarters were being invaded, Ketchi is apparently a sentient life form that is capable of thought and existence without Reeve. Because <laughs> they were both in the same place at the same time, saying different things. This area backs me up on that because it's the only section I've game overed on. Because <laughs> 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 like, otherwise, Ketchi would be like, that's okay, I've got another body. Just like on the way, another yeah, Ketchi yeah. pops out, just respawns like fucking, uh, you know, like Bloodborne or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> just goes back to like... Shinra, whatever, wherever Reeve lives, with his <laughs> he lab goes of back catches. to the, the dream. Is that where the fucking? The oh yeah, the hunter's hunter dream. Yeah, he goes yeah, to yeah. the hunter's dream. Um, yeah, the Mo- Mughal's dream. <laughs> the Mughal's dream. I can't let anybody find me. Yeah, so this whole section is you have to sneak around these catwalks, uh-huh, um, eh, to eh, bypass. It. It's uh, actually pronounced catwalks. Catwalks too. <laughs> um. Yeah, just sneak by um, some deep ground soldiers to get to a like sewer drain or whatever. And I, yeah, I fucking game over it a few times because <laughs> Ket, she's, well, this is the first time I have him just run and gun because you can run very easily in this game. The touch, the, the thumbstick for me at least was very sensitive, but yeah, um, Ket, she has no attacks. He can swipe and do like five HP of damage if you really want, but it's, it's completely <laughs> worthless, Yeah, which is very cute though. 
Damn, I, I didn't um, even notice that. I was just immediately fired on by, uh, <laughs> by fucking soldiers. And I was like, well, I, I failed a mission then because I'm thinking like Metal Gear Solid, like you don't want to get caught and stuff. Or you thought we were playing. All. You thought we were playing Dirge of Cerberus on European extreme difficulty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big boss difficulty. Uh, trying to collect all the dog tags, which I did yeah. not do. <laughs> but this also like... The last episode we saw Ketchy totally just deck a dude into a hallway, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. At like least, we didn't see him. him, but it was implied just because he comes walking out right after the dude gets fucking blasted. And again, we know Reeve from- is a shooter. Ketchy, I'm assuming, is a kicker, because he's the one you hear say take that. Yeah. No yeah, problem. maybe he doesn't have a megaphone in this though, so I guess uh, Oh yeah, maybe home. he just used his megaphone at him. Hmm. This isn't adding up at all. His his megaphone deals critical damage because he just is even more annoying. So that's why it's it's an effective <laughs> weapon for him. Maybe he maybe he is using the HP shout and he's just not at max HP. <laughs> Although actually we see his HP though. He can get shot a couple times. It isn't just instant game over. If yeah, exactly. Seen. It's not like he he has three hundred HP. I took yeah. We should be a doing ton a of... ton of damage. But yeah. Post FF seven, we have the HP shout. We should be doing like quad nines <laughs> every yeah. single hit. Yeah, they should be using slots and, and just making short work of everyone. <laughs> exactly. Um, I thought it was funny that the very very first thing you can do in this area, like the very first, is there's an option between going left and going right, and there's quite a ways to go if you go left. So there's like some ladders to climb up and some catwalks and stuff, and there's nothing up there. <laughs> like you just. You're rewarded with nothing. I do wonder if we're gonna revisit this area or not. Like, oh, there, there was a door that um had like the red on it, which I think usually means like it can be opened once you do something. Mm. I forget what it said in the tutorial, but like, I was like, oh, okay, I need to go and find a way to unlock this door so I can go through it. And then like I just like was making my way through, and I was like, oh, okay, there's still one soldier alive. Maybe I can activate these turrets to kill him. And then like I jumped behind the turrets, and Ketchy just jumps into one of the, like the the pipes. And I was just like, yeah, oh, yeah. well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like a little Mario. Like a little Mario. I do like when he jumps; these little like uh, stars kind of fall behind him. They kind of. Almost like spilled like pearls or something falling off of them. <laughs> They're very cute. Yeah, I wish I liked this character because he's <laughs> extremely cute. He's a, tu a tuxedo cat with a little cape on and a little crown. Like, I should fucking love him so much, but I just don't. It's, it's the association with Reeve. <laughs> yeah. He, he climbs a ladder like two hands at a time because he has to like, yeah, can't reach, so he has to like cute. fling himself. Yeah, amazing up. design. Just insufferable character um you do kick a like exploding barrel at a deep ground soldier that no one seems to notice yeah yeah you you murder another human being with a fluffy little cat it's great yeah the, and, <laughs> and that's kind of a mechanic that they introduce us to like pretty heavy-handedly when you like walk up to a barrel as Ketchy and it starts like a little cutscene where he like looks at it and you see a soldier standing off in the distance it's the only barrel that's ever been on its side the way it is from my recollection of this game and he's just like huh perhaps i could <laughs> and then you just go up to it and hit like x to interact and he just pushes it at the deep ground soldier and then like later when we get to the next area there's one that we can jump over and push down a stairwell like we're on the other end of a dark souls uh <laughs> encounter where we're the ones pushing the fucking barrels down the oh how the, the turntables <laughs> <laughs> oh how the turns have tabled um i will say it is possible to miss this barrel <laughs> <laughs> you can wait until oh, he I'm walks sure. away from it and push the barrel and it'll miss. And then he'll turn around and be like, what was that? And then you just get shot up. Who's because that's what I did these? the first time. 
Um, yeah, I actually like died like twice here. Oh yeah, I died like so much because I was trying to. Again, I think it's just there's a section where you have to like, kind of follow a uh, deep ground soldier pretty close behind to like get to in the, the next area. Down. Yeah, into this area. I oh, the first this one. one. Okay. But um, I do wish they just went full Metal Gear and just let, let you put a barrel over you. And, like, <laughs> you stick, oh, that would have been so yeah. good. There is a section in this room where you have to jump between pipes. And if you miss the pipes, or like I did, I was just like, oh, I guess you have to jump down here or whatever. And I didn't think like, about jumping on the pipes. The range like stairs, but you're, yeah, but, but you can miss and just land right in front of our deep ground soldier and the on the bottom. My <laughs> my brain didn't register that I was supposed to jump across them. I was just like, no, I see a little catwalk down there. It's fine. So I just dropped down there, and immediately soldiers are like, there he is, and they start <laughs> shooting at you. And I was like, oh shit. But uh, but like you were saying, Carl, the the goal here is to jump behind these like two gun turrets. And you'll get into a pipe and go to the next area. I think they're those shield turrets, actually. They'll just they'll punch each shield ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Last episode, yeah. yeah. I don't know what those are called, but yeah, the punch punchy shield turrets. That's their name. Called bullheads. Bullheads. I see. I have the uh, guide open because I don't have names for these things now. Uh, I do. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. I wonder how much a strategy guide for this is going for, like a prima guide, prima guide. I am looking at the Brady. Oh yeah. It's on uh, archive.org. You can check it out for free. Nice. Hmm. Thank you, whoever uploaded it. You can get it for $10 at abooks.com. Nice. Unless but, uh, I buy it by then. <laughs> you can't get it. So what happens once we get through this uh, second uh, yeah. sneaking section? Well, once we get through the first sneaking section, there's a very tiny cutscene um, where Ket sees those... Um, what the hell would you call them? Not boxes. Moving pods. They're like pods. The containers. Yeah, the, the containers from the very first episode when we were in Calm, like that all the people were being herded into. Oh, yeah. He, he sees one of those being moved by a robotic arm, and he like wonders to himself what they could be doing with it. But he recognizes them. He's like, oh, those are the pods from Calm. Yeah. You actually hear people yelling in there. I think, and you can too. hear people yelling inside, so there's still people in there. Yeah. Oof. Um, and then we move on to the second sneaking section where there's like the Dark Souls barrel that we get to roll down the stairs this time. Um, we have to follow in behind some soldiers pretty closely while they like walk around a, um, a little central point. Uh, but actually I think the second area is easier than the first one. So. Yeah. The exit is before the, uh, the fourth column you can approach. Is there anything down there? I didn't or go down there. Just a dead end. I thought I, I was it. like, oh, I'll walk off to the side first to see if there's anything extra here. And uh, yeah, actually so that was the way to go. I walked down there, um, and it's literally just a dead end with that light over the door. So, like, presumably, it'll probably be an area that we come to later as Vincent, and we can go through that door. I guess. Mm. Maybe. Who knows? That would make sense. But yeah, so we go through uh, the second pipe, and then we're treated to, like, a second, more detailed cutscene. Um, where Ket learns the, the eventual fate of these shipping containers with people inside, right? So, like... Once we emerge on the other side of the pipe, we're overlooking... Well, I mean, he's not still in the pipe. He actually jumps into a little hallway. And then he's overlooking a... Um, like a green vat of Mako? A green vat lake of Mako. Like, it's very, very large, right? Like, several... Yeah. Foot, like, at least, like, two football fields across, right? It, it looks like something that would be in an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just green goo. Or, like, The Simpsons. This is, you know, we're in the power plant. <laughs> yeah, and we're at the yeah. bottom of, like, a reactor. So I was imagining that this is kind of like what we saw at the bottom of the reactor in, like, the Nibelheim reactor in FF7. Yeah. They throw stuff off into. Yeah, yeah. It's like an, a portal to the live stream or whatever. Yeah. Um... 
But, but it's very horrific because it's just like this is. little cat watching a shipping container full of screaming people be dropped into a vat of Mako. Yeah. Um, and and at first I was like, dang, they're just going to get melted and that'll be it, right? Like, they're going to get, like, life streamified. <laughs> but, like, a giant goo monster pops up from it <laughs> and, like, grabs the container. You see a giant hand um, and freeze framing. It looks like this may be a weapon type arm, a grasper. Maybe. So. Yeah, my my brain immediately went to like Midna in uh, Twilight Princess, oh, where she has that arm. like giant yeah. hair hand orange thing. So it does kind of look like that. Very weird. Also, Ketchy says, "Good gracious me!" when he's yeah, seeing this horrible thing, thing unfold. Like, good gracious me! The tonal contrast between Ketchy just being like a zany little Disney character while he's like screaming civilians being dropped into a vat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it just reminded me of that Twitter account that just photoshops Paddington to other movies. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't belong here, man. Like, there's all this. And then behind him, uh, we see a new character. A new character pops up from absolutely nowhere. From absolutely nowhere, but we can assume by looking at him that he is from the Metal Gear universe because yeah, he looks yeah. like a fucking Metal Gear Solid yeah. enemy. He's got a jockstrap on his face. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, he does. But in response to Ketchy, what in the blazes is go growing on... Wait, is it going or going? I think he says going. No, he says growing. What oh, in the yeah. blazes what, is growing the, down what there? What in the blazes is growing down there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, this guy says... Usher of souls, my brother... My brother. Brother. And uh, people who've played the remake DLC may recognize this guy. But um, another kind of... Is he in the remake DLC? I think so. I hate FF7 so much. I'm sorry. (laughs) Wait, he's in the remake DLC? Yeah. Hmm. I probably didn't get that far. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, someone immediately, like, just, like, who's this handsome boy? And they immediately, like, took it... They had modded it to take his mask off to see his beautiful lips. This is the the goofiest character yet and <laughs> he's basically just like a straight a guy a straight jacket boss right his design is basically like messy hair and a, a guy with like a diaper on his head and a straight jacket <laughs> this guy is, he's got like mechanical wings from what we can see in the he is pure deviantart.com <laughs> yeah so yeah. edgy um and then <laughs> it's funny. this game gives us his name. Yeah, he, oh, that's right. So he says, "My brother Omega." Yeah, I guess and, that's uh, Omega. She's like, "It's Nero the Sable." Oh dear, and he gets norted. <laughs> he gets straight up norted. <laughs> yeah, he turns uh, he turns Ketchy into just a black gas. I mean, this, this is what happened to the uh, the WRO soldiers a few episodes yes. ago as they were getting picked off. Oh yeah, Ketchy is now getting abducted. Yeah, Ketchy yeah. is wherever the fuck you go after getting norted um, they gonna, <laughs> but very so sadly they gonna do experiments on him so that we'll know once and for all whether he's biological or not do you think that they do they kidnap him or do they just turn him into i thought i thought they like goo. destroyed his fucking like atoms <laughs> he atomized them well, that's why i figured what was happening in edge when we saw wro members just getting like yeah uh, voided out is that they're being like abducted for oh. yeah like teleported somewhere and then rosso just shoots all the people they don't want so i guess uh, okay, yeah it, maybe 
I thought they were just getting atomized. <laughs> it, it depends on where you land on the fence in, in the argument um, of what happens when you get teleported. Is it just you get completely <laughs> atomized and that being is no more, but there's a one to one clone with the same memories and yeah, yeah, thoughts a, and a dreams and being. passions in a new being? The prestige. It's like uh, there was a, a hard times or a hard drive article recently that was just like Nintendo confirms that the Mario that goes into the pipe is not the same Mario that comes out of the pipe. <laughs> <laughs> um but on a more somber note uh the last scene of that is uh the very cute moogle plush that children in this world have been seen carrying just kind of floating in the goo yeah yeah very dark i guess mm. omega didn't want that yeah. as a matter omega of fact has no need for stuffed animals which is fucked up that's so dark that i think i might need to take a quick break yeah i'm gonna we turn on my to sun next... lamp yeah what do you think about that? Sounds good. I think that's a good place, yeah. All right, let's do it. Let's go. I would probably buy that Moogle stuffed animal if they sold it. If only there was a way. Like the, the Etsy has them. The low poly one. I do have a Moogle uh, plush that my fiance got me, and it's very cute, oh. but. This I was one thinking about that when I was playing uh, Breath of the Wild, and um, I forget the char- the uh, Gerudo um, queen character, little small one. Oh yeah, she has a bunch of like uh, sand lions, like plushies around her uh, house, and you can just like get those on Etsy now. Someone's like, oh really? Them. Oh, that's so Very good. Cute. That's so smart. Um, but yeah, we met Nero the Sable, which if you're uh, eagle-eyed, you'll know that Nero and Sable are both kind of words associated with the color black. Yeah. Ah. I was wondering. I looked up sable and found a very cute little fox-like animal. It's used for fur quite a bit, so they're hunted for fur. And oh, it's no. called Well, yeah. We're real dark this episode, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they make uh, kit cheese out of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the worst usage for that. <laughs> yeah, what a waste. Um so we're back with Vincent now. Yeah, we have taken the elevator all the way up. Yeah. Yeah, we've taken the elevator all the way up. The new elevator. Yeah. Now it looks like we're in an actual uh, structure because there's like wood and brick around. Yeah, yeah. Some brick I think and we, also uh, mortar. We pretty quickly get to recognize where we are as well. Um, mm-hmm. Because as soon as we walk like down the hallway, and there's a jukebox there. You can buy items. You can get more bullets, whatever. But as soon as we walk down the hallway to the first area we can get to, we're in a familiar room, right? Yeah, and more to uh, punctuate the familiarity, a, uh, a materia is not thrown at us. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. rolls towards us. Yes, this is that room. This is the room in uh, Shinra Manor where um, this is the library in which uh, yeah. Sephiroth was up all night reading <laughs> and learning about his mother. Sephiroth was up all night to get lucky. I was thinking about going there. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess is it a materia? Who can say? Either way, it's a glowing orb. That, I uh, think in this universe, everything that's like yeah, a couple orb. inches long and like in diameter and like a ball is materia. Yeah. A ball that's just too big enough, too big to put in your mouth yeah. is probably yeah. a materia. <laughs> yeah. A big jawbreaker. <laughs> Ed Ed Nettie sized. Fuck yeah. <laughs> but he picks it up and um, behind him he hears. Uh, no, he doesn't hear anything. He turns around and uh, Lucretia is standing here, right? Yep. Yep. Or so we think. Here she like, is. Ah, a ghost. But um, she says, ah, Vincent, right? Have you come to check up on me? Because and- probably Lucretia has not seen Vincent since he was a Turk. Yeah. 
It's and, been a while. It's been a quite a, it's been a, a, quite a few years. Yeah, and she like walks toward him, and he like is surprised, but he kind of puts his arms out as though to like catch her or give her a hug or something like that to be like, oh my god, I haven't seen you either. And she walks right through him because ha, it's a hologram. It's fucking death straining bullshit. It also <laughs> maybe be like this oh, is Princess Vincent. Beach. Vincent down bad too. Mm, feel bad for that guy. <laughs> Omega, his awakening is upon us. And then she quotes the fucking... The only line from the thesis anyone knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Soul Rot of Terror Corrupt. Oh, yeah. So this is actually like... It, it fades to uh, the crystal chamber that we see her in earlier. Yeah, But true. this time she's actually walking freely around it, not in the crystal. But she says, yeah, the whole stanza again. Soul Rot, Terror Corrupt, calling a purity, purging the stream to beckon forth the ultimate fate. Behold, mighty chaos, Omega Squire to lofty heavens. And, and she says where she found that... Um, was from uh, studying scriptures of the ancients. That's actually like something written there in a, yeah, in, it's like in a, a tome called the Chronicles of Yore. Yeah. So again, I have a little bit of egg on my face because I was like, what the fuck kind of research paper would have something like that? And it's like, no, it's a direct <laughs> quote from a legend from an ancient civilization. But I actually think the next, uh, so she's kind of doing like a little monologue to herself, right? And, and like you said, this scene is like a flashback or some kind of non not non sequitur but it's it's not in the current time and place because we see her in that crystal cavern and she's kind of like monologuing to herself about what chaos or uh, i'm sorry what omega is and i actually thought that this was actually kind of neat this section i was like all right that does kind of make omega interesting to me because um she kind of says that omega is a like, like its purpose is that it is also something born in the live stream omega the end. Just as all other sentient beings, he too is born of a life stream. And its plan, like the thing that it wants to do, is remove all the life stream from the planet and then take it somewhere else. And so I was like, that's kind of interesting in the way that it's like done with the planet. And so it wants to restart the yeah. life cycle. Yeah, it wants to restart the life cycle like on another planet somewhere. That's kind of This neat. one's no good. Time to pick up and start from uh start from scratch that's right yeah um right yeah so and, and you know of course what that means is and lucretia says this however what i can be certain of is if omega awakens then all life as we know it will end because i imagine everything needs to be life streamified before it can be moved it sounds like yeah you need to be life stream pilled before you can uh continue living <laughs> that's right yeah um but yes, yeah, so that's like those are the stakes on the table now. Is that um, if Omega is allowed to have its way, all life will end, and then the planet will also, in turn, die because it'll no longer have the life stream flowing through it. So that them's the stakes. Dude, how fucking pissed off would you be if you like went to extreme measures to save the world, and then like three years later, just more bullshits happening <laughs> in like a different way that's also going to destroy the world? I'd be like, yeah. I, I just want to fucking rest. Yeah. No wonder Vincent's just chilling in the fucking uh, in the in like the Airbnb <laughs> in calm, just drinking wine by himself. But uh, Lucretia says, "I will leave a copy of my records here for you, Vincent." Though I cannot imagine what help they may be, if any at all. Um, and yeah, she says, "I'm so sorry again," which might be the because you know, like whenever we see Vincent um, remembering Lucretia in the in the crystal. We always hear that voiceover of like, oh, I'm so sorry. And so I yeah. wonder if that's like 
kind of this mm. is where we're getting at or i'm not sure yeah i'm also like curious if this actually was a recording left for him yeah yeah. that's kind of what i took it for yeah and not actually her talking to him because it feels very like kind of disconnected yeah she's vincent doesn't really say anything until oh you know what that actually ends. that makes perfect sense they're just using ff10 technology the the sphere diaries or whatever they're called the jack sphere that's what yeah. she threw at him and then it played her you know like she was about to do her her uh, final summoning and she recorded it and left it in take care of <laughs> my son seymour <laughs> <laughs> but um yes the the transmission ends the the uh style of this scene is really cool because because she is a hologram like for ps2 they did a really cool thing where they she like glitches out and stuff there's a yeah. really cool like pixelation effects that happen on her i agree yeah it's very cool um but the i don't know the hologram orb i guess we could call it a sphere yeah. <laughs> at this point <laughs> the sphere crumbles in his hands i guess and uh it's uh it's the recording is gone the recording's gone and it's gameplay time baby uh he does spot a uh, mini disc on the table next to him yeah yeah so I think that was the first of the Omega reports, which we can find throughout this level. I found three, four in this level, something like that. Yeah, I think there's I think four total in this level. I can't remember yeah. how many I found. There are eight. Uh, oh, yeah. So the first, there are four in Shinra Manager, and then there will be more Shinra Manager later in the. <laughs> yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, there'll be more later. Okay. Yeah. What I say. Shinra Manager. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's favorite character. He's back, yeah. and he's better than ever. <laughs> Shinra assistant. He man. still hates taking the last train out of Midgar. Yeah. <laughs> but uh so we are now investigating uh this, the quest is now investigate the manor, right? Yeah, yeah. and it's it's cool cuz like this is Shinra Manor now. Like we're in the area from the first one. And I know that like nostalgia on its own is not like enough to make something good. You know what I mean? Like nostalgia is the Don't tell Square Enix poison. that. Oh god. <laughs> Shout like, out to everyone playing the Pixel remake right now that just launched. <laughs> yeah, this reveal cuz it's kind of a slow kind of realization of where you are. It's a realization. They don't just go like, "Hey, you're in the mansion now." It's kind of like, "Hey, remember this thing? Let's do it again." But like, yeah. this, because we're doing it in reverse. We're starting in the basement um, yeah. and working our way up um but yeah, like the we're currently in Hojo's uh, lab, and it's quite large compared to the FF7 version. Yeah. There is, so there are like deep ground soldiers and those. Uh, I forget what you call those other dogs. Beast soldiers, is actually, what they're called now. When I um, realized what we were doing, like going through the mansion in reverse, I did do like a dumb seal clap. I was just like, oh, yes. Oh, dude, me too. <laughs> Absolutely. I was so, like, <laughs> like, I saw the books on the bookshelf, and I was just like, I know this place. Yeah. So <laughs> I I gave into my lesser instincts and just enjoyed it <laughs> i was just like yes i know this place but uh much like the sewers we are not alone um because no. we walk it, you know we just start investigating and immediately there's just some deep ground soldiers that we have to fight um yeah but i did notice there's a very sneaky little capsule that we can shoot that is uh underneath a bookshelf that's pushed over and like yeah sitting on top of it like it's like propped up on a table um in the so actual can, study yeah 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 it's really nice yep. and then there's another one in a hallway hanging from a um like, like an air duct yeah an air duct that's really oh, good wow. did i find that one i may not have found that one that one like you, you it, it's you got to go backwards on the critical path so like there's like a hallway that you're walking down you got to double back to find it this feels very much like a resident evil house because it mm -hmm. is like yeah. there's there's really no one way to um and explore this floor because there is we we start in the center and we kind of like we have to clear out the hallways there's like bedrooms there's 
like I think a study or something like that. Just mod uh, Resident Evil Eight to ha- to be the Shinra Manor, and <laughs> the, the big dommy mommy in that is just uh, Rosso, the uh, the Crimson, <laughs> instead of Lady D. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there's a, there's cool little fights and little ambushes and stuff in here. Like there's boxes. There's an electric chair. There's an electric chair. I don't even. Oh damn! I, I don't even it. think I noticed the electric yeah. chair. Yeah, <laughs> it's very silly. Um, which I'm not sure if he uses to kill or power things. It's very funny. Um, there's the like it's to give Pikachu a power up before fighting Brock. That's right. There is a table in which we I think see Vincent had woken up from in his flashback in this game at least. Yeah, um, I saw yeah. that. We see the study room with the kind of table with a whole bunch of other shit on top of it that looks more like a more typical study. But yeah. Once we, I think, leave the manor itself, we kind of start exploring the uh, caverns, as we recall from Final Fantasy VII. I can't remember the if it's in the um, in the caverns or not, but uh, you can find Vincent's ori- like his resting place, like yes. his, his room. You can find the the room that we found Vincent in in FF Seven. It's like the first door you find when you enter the uh, the cavern. And yeah. somebody's sleeping in my bed. Ah, I would be. I, I was so pissed on behalf of Vincent. I'm like, it's like my bed, I, dude. Was... A soldier trooper pops out. So like a guy like looks like one of the first soldiers from Shinra with like his little javelin. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Pops out. Pops out of my coffin. He was taking a nappy. It's fucked up. Sleep in somebody else's coffin. Yeah, that's without not their cool. permission. But this tunnel is pretty long, right? Yeah, I, I I actually like the way they expanded on the tunnel in this game, because um, like in FF Seven, it's two screens long, right? Yeah, yeah you, you reach the bottom of the stairs, you walk Pass down the door, and that's it, and yeah. then you're to the lab. Yeah, but they don't like they don't add so much to this area that it feels like a super twisty, windy, crazy thing. It still is basically just like you walk down the hall. But they do expand it. They put some other stuff in it. They put little drop-offs. There's a couple little, like, uh, missions that we have to do in it. It's cool. I like the way it's done. God, can we talk about the fucking mission you have to do in this? Because I hated this mission. (laughs) Okay, so the first mission we come across, again, very Metal Gear Solid. uh, We find ourselves trapped between two gates, and the quest is disarm the mines. Yeah, and I think there's a timer coming down this time, There is, yeah, Yeah. three-minute timer. Yeah. Which you... Yeah, you don't really need the three minutes. It's very tedious, but... You do hear a beeping noise, which is basically a game of hot and cold. So as the beeping becomes more frequent, you're getting closer. And there are mines in the ground, yeah. Yeah, that's the only hint I really have of what to do. So, okay, if do I have to shoot the ground and like find them or whatever? And then, um, because you can immediately just jump over one. They're about the size of like a, like a DDR mat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're quite large. Um, but if you uh, get close enough to one without touching it it will just like appear in like within one frame yeah and and that gives you opportunity to shoot it but you want to be able to back away quickly enough yeah to shoot it but if you back away and don't shoot it it'll just disappear, disappear and you have to like make it respawn again which oh, is really frustrating when i was doing this de-arm thing i would like get close to it and be like ah oh, there it is now i'll shoot it to disarm it i would shoot it and it would explode and do damage to vincent and i was like what the fuck and so the next one i would be like okay let me back away first and so i'd back away and it would disappear and i'd be like oh come on so what i did was i found each of them by just walking two onto them and them just <laughs> blowing up and i was like what the fuck am i supposed to do like it's saying deactivate so there was only like the last one that i found and realized that you could just shoot it and i was like oh, okay cool i can do this now and nope that was the end of it i was like well <laughs> shit i did not do good on that mission uh also down here is 
my favorite moving platform of all time. It's another half lifey looking little yeah. uh, platform with uh, the caution tape around the corners. But there's a dent in the track, so it only goes like the first like three quarters of a way across the gap. Th- this whole gap, okay. So like it might be, di- it might feel different if we were playing the Japanese version and we didn't already have a double jump. This is an easily double jumpable gap for <laughs> for like Vincent. Oh like, damn! Really? I didn't even try that. <laughs> it's not very long, and um, the platform only moves like three feet <laughs> like forward and backward i was like this thing doesn't even need to move <laughs> like its gap is so small why is it here there, <laughs> there, yeah, there is a beast soldier and a mako pad underneath though there so is if you fall yeah. down There's, you yeah. can get some uh some some sweet juice sweet juice but yeah I just, I just thought it was very funny to like see the platform like this industrial platform barely move back and forth and be like meep <laughs> like okay we um that's cute there's there's also a soldier that's right there and he there walks is. directly next to one of the explosive barrels that we know and love um so yeah. i saw him run out and i got scared and i was like still mind shy i guess because i was like i don't want to take more <laughs> explosion damage so i like jumped backwards and fell down and then i was like okay i'll just shoot the barrel and kill the soldier but then by the time i got back up he was just like not there anymore <laughs> so i didn't even get the satisfaction of doing that i just blew up the uh the barrel for nothing also around here is another door that we can go into and it creates like a Dark Souls style uh, backtrack shortcut. Um, to the mansion, right? To the uh, the lab, yeah, Hoja's lab. Oh yeah, the lab, right. Yeah. There is like a few like uh, engine rooms or something, like yeah, very old the- Fallout looking ass <laughs> rooms in between with some <laughs> yeah. good loot. There's like ye olden computers that you see like the reel-to-reel inside of them and stuff. Um, yeah, the tape backups. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was a recording studio. I was just going to say, were, yeah, it looks kind of like a recording studio. <laughs> they were, like they the, were recording the Hojo's next single in there. Yeah. He's he's a big fan of rapping in triplets. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Shinra. <laughs> Shinra. <laughs> but, yeah, so continuing through the, uh, the caves, we find ourselves... At the iconic spiral staircase. I am such a dummy and I didn't even realize that it was the staircase until I was all the way up the staircase and into the mansion. And I was like, wait a minute. Am I in the mansion? (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) That was the staircase. The iconic rickety wooden spiral staircase that we had to like find by walking a certain path. If you recall, right? Which would be really funny if that like secret was still in. I wish there were more secrets from the original game in here because my first thought like oh, there better be a piano here. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, piano. Safe. I was like, where's the safe? Can yeah. I, you know, get a limit breaker by knowing the combination from the original or you looking on the back of the missing number case. or whatever his <laughs> name was? Lost number. Lost number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, missing, missing number. number. Is, yeah, uh, missing no. Yeah, missing no is here. <laughs> we get a ton of rare candy from him. It would be awesome if Vincent could just transform into the the one missing no sprite where it's just like the weird fucked up static. Yeah. <laughs> That's what chaos is. <laughs> but we have to clear out... Um, he can only do that if he surfs up and down the uh, east coast of um, Cinnabar <laughs> of Island. Cinnabar Island, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we're on the second floor of the, uh, the, the actual mansion now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we're just kind of... We're searching around, clearing rooms... Um, They've since moved out, as we can tell. There's, like, nothing left except crates and, yeah. like, occasional furniture. Um, you can find some memory capsules outside if you, like, look through the windows. There's actually some oh. trees, it looks like, I'm finding out. I didn't find any of those. Yeah, they're out, they're out of bounds. Love that. That's cool. They're, yeah, we're also looking for some Omega reports. 
which we can go over uh, some other episode when yeah. we get them all maybe we can do a whole well, info they're, they're dump cool. on yeah, I mean we could at the end of the I'll episode say, we can just kind of read what we what we found in this section or well, something well I can tell you the gist of them is like because I did read them out loud on the stream when I was doing it and like they all are they each one of them individually doesn't exactly like give any revelations right now the the sum of all of them is just kind of like they're written by one of the scientists it could be hojo it could be gassed it could be somebody else and it could be both even because i think there's a mention be. of hojo like hiring like i'm about to hire a new like scientist and, and she yeah she's been i don't know praised so and so i forget what the whole yeah they mostly revolve around them getting lucretia like lucretia's been assigned to the team she's a good scientist she's gonna help us figure out this chaos and um, Omega thing and the idea that maybe Omega is not a singular being, but a location. So a those place are kind of like, Earth. You know, <laughs> Omega is a place on oh, Earth. Hojo, do you know what it's worth? Ooh, <laughs> baby, Omega's a place on Earth. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that, that's that's the gist of them all. They yeah, kind of it kind of it kind of rings very much like the promised land in Final Fantasy VII, where it's like, is it they, an actual place? Is it? They say you know, that they say yeah. that maybe Omega is the promised land. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot in the mansion itself. There are like more beast soldiers. There's more actual other normal deep ground soldiers. Some uh, some Mako recharge. As we're like clearing through rooms, we realize there's like one room we haven't reached yet is because like that um, the hallway that connects like the two left and right wing is blocked off from like the main room. So you mm -hmm. have to kind of go around. It, may, it forces you to do like a long kind of roundabout path. Yeah. And that leads to a larger room, which has a corridor kind of breaking branching off of it that we're not familiar with. Right. Yeah. We, we yeah. come to like a, another freight elevator that we're not allowed to take this time. Oh, yeah, I wonder if that connects to anything. Yeah, important. you need a key fob yeah. to activate that one. For your, uh, <laughs> your, you, you need your room key. <laughs> <laughs> There's a corridor that branches off of it, though, and it is like, um, it's a little newer, right? It doesn't look like it's part of the mansion. It looks like it's more industrial. This may be part of some new research. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Post-FF7, so maybe. Yeah, and this can kind of go into a theory that I kind of had when we were talking about it earlier that I didn't bring up until now for some reason. But, like with the expansion of like those tunnels from the first like you could conceivably be like well it is several years later maybe deep ground or whoever has expanded this area like this tunnel that leads from you know the library to the mansion itself yeah so it seems like it, it stands to reason that they kind of set up some operation here and uh have been expanding upon it could be yeah yes but at the end of this corridor there is another little laboratory and uh, Vincent kind of falls to one knee and has a flashback. Um, I think he realizes this is the um, the lab that he was uh, tubified in when he was uh, experimented on, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so, because he remembers... So the flashback is from first person, and we see... Well, we don't see Vincent because it's first person, but he's in the, the back to tank, right? Looking out through the, um, through the liquid at Lucretia, who's looking at him. So... Some kind of like remembrance that she was part of the team that was either experimenting on him or yeah. whatever. This is just punctuating that this is that location. Because I think we saw this exact flashback, I think, a few episodes ago yeah. when we saw the Hojo flashback. Can't believe yeah. they're just reusing cutscenes, man. <laughs> Re reusing assets. Yeah. But um, uh, he says, uh, this pain. <laughs> and then Rosso comes back. She's yeah. here again. 
She heard she heard the start of an Evanescence song, and she was just like, you know what? I got to be here for it. <laughs> Pain is just too real. There's just so much that time cannot erase. <laughs> I gotta look up this voice actress f- for Rosa. I was actually gonna say I wrote this down in my notes. <laughs> it's, I, um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Here's the thing. I think that like the the goofy Russian accent thing or whatever is like kind of a goofy trope or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I actually think she does a very good job. I I was like, you know what? I actually really like her character. I think that you cannot always blame an actor. Yeah. It's got to come down to the direction. I feel like the direction of this, like, obviously the voice actor seems very talented, but she'll be like, next time. Like, it's it's so goofy and so funny. So I I loved it. Believe it or not, I thought it worked for me very well. I was like, you know what? Like, she is really good. Because, like, here's the thing. This This is past the initial era of voice acting right like this is after like ff10 and stuff right. like that so like there has been a little bit of time for people to get good at this stuff or whatever um but it isn't always it's it's not always great still i you will know take what I mean? this over catchy's accent yeah, any day yeah, of the week. yeah and and compared to like a lot of the voices even in this game i think that Rosso is actually like one of the better actors. Yeah, um, absolutely. Oh, yeah, it's, I just it's, I can't help but laugh when I hear her like over no, Russianify the it's the, the goofy Russianify. Like yeah. I'm expecting her to be like, my name is Natasha Carol. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> it's extremely that way, but like it's so I don't know. I I really liked it. It was like this is one of the first uh, moments in the game where I was like, you know what? voice acting in this actually real good so Dude, like I'm i would here say for it, baby i'm here for it <laughs> yeah b- big props to this voice actress yeah so. it's, it's like the same reason why i love like ian mcdermott as the emperor in star wars like yeah he's not a realistic actor but god he's like giving so much yeah exactly I, I love it i or love like it for the, that. The guy he is that plays, character yeah what is it the guy who plays m bison in the uh in the street fighter movie he's just Ra- like, raul julia yeah he's just fucking like that movie's dog yeah, shit, but he's yeah. given it so much oh, yeah, love and character that you're just Gomez like, Adams. I fucking yeah. love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, no, it's it's a great performance. Yeah. yeah. And, and similarly, I feel like this is a great performance of a character. Also, the um, however they did the animation for like the face, whether it was some sort of mo-capping or it was actually like animated. Pre-LA Noir world. It's, the technology wasn't quite there <laughs> yet. But. It's, it's fantastic, though. Yeah, I don't think they did facial capture, but like her facial animations, I think, are phenomenal. 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 Really good. And, I mean, this is probably post... I mean, they were really nailing like uh, mouth and facial animations with like Kingdom Hearts stuff, and I think that really shows yeah. here. Kind of, I agree. Not putting I, too much detail, like letting all the like <laughs> movement kind of carry. Like, it, it also works for a game where Vincent is the main character because he doesn't need to talk <laughs> or show any other emotion <laughs> than yes. or show yeah. any of his face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I will say I'm very glad that this was before the technology was there to do the Disney smile or like the Pixar smile, where it's like the side <laughs> smile thing, like that. The shit. DreamWorks one, yeah, yeah. That there's the um there's that that game that came out recently uh kenna the bridge of spirits which is a fantastic fucking game it's so good it's oh, yeah. very cute the graphics are mind-blowing but anytime like there's someone smiling in it they do like the the fucking extremely cringe like tiktok like theater kid cosplayer thing of the the, the side the cartoony anime side smile and i'm like Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm glad that, that doesn't exist in this game but no, who knows? Maybe it will in Final Fantasy VII Remake, Dirge of Cerberus, <laughs> Deep Round's Revenge. What if Dirge of Cerberus is just like 
scenes from the remake. You know, like like it's not even like a separate game or anything. It's just like, no, we covered Dirge of Cerberus, and then <laughs> like we'll do some of that. <laughs> I mean, they're yeah, they're definitely starting to retread it. And I'm wondering if yeah. they're cracking it open again. Honestly, now, like, I wouldn't ever- be da- I wouldn't be against a remake of this game. I've always said like just watching. I mean, recently people are celebrating like the. Uh, the anniversary of uh, Metal Gear Revengeance's yeah. release, which is very much in the similar kind of genre, where it's like you have this edgy, edgelord side character has his own game, and it's just like the most over the top thing ever yeah. with like butt rock and you f- fight a senator at the end. God, what are yeah. Platinum Games working on right now? I wish I could fight a senator at the end of something. <laughs> Maybe at the end of my life. I was going to say, there's also like a guy with a Russian accent in it as well. <laughs> I was going to say, if you try to go fight a real senator, it probably will be the end yeah, of your life. Yeah, it will be the end of my story. And forever will I be remembered in the history books. Parody, satire, satire. <laughs> Doctor, <laughs> turn off all pain inhibitors. In the video <laughs> game. <laughs> your memes end here. <laughs> But anyway, Rosso does uh, some exposition, right? Yes. Um, and this is where I wanted to bring back She's that. being real saucy the whole t- way through. Yeah. <laughs> this is perfect. I so wanted to see you, my love. I feel like there's some very... Um, how, how do I put this? There's some very um, egregious shots of, you know certain proportions of her body kind of thing yeah, yeah. very like nomura kind of butt yeah, shot. they put they, they put a lot of work into her they gotta show they gotta get their money's worth yeah but uh vincent asks her like what is what does deep ground want to do with omega and she very much just like yeah i don't give a fuck about omega like i don't give two shits about that stuff all i know is that vice is cool and i'll do whatever he tells me to do so like i'm into it but yeah. other than that just like killing people that's yeah that's, she's like love killing people weiss wants me to kill people i see no problems with that so i just do it i don't care yeah. what, what yeah, else she's is like i don't on. know what omega is fuck that shit that's dumb it is not every day you are granted a chance to cleanse the world of all life just the thoughts and the chill of excitement through my body this chick she, like, loves genocide. She tells a little bit of the story of like deep ground soldiers that she was like born in dark. She was, she was born in the darkness <laughs> um, and uh, chained to a destiny of servitude. I, I wanted to. This is where I wanted to pull the pin out of like, why did all this start? Did did uh, f- did we accidentally open the door to deep ground? Because she says that three years ago we were finally released from it. And I was like. What could have happened during Meteor Fall that would have caused this to start? And I don't know. I <laughs> like, think... other than just, like, normal damage to a facility via, yeah, like, the well, Meteor Tornadoes or whatever. I think it's... It, I think this was established in that cutscene with the newscasters, like, following the military to break into the secret underground um, yeah, Shinra yeah. thing and they probably went in there and accidentally freed Deep Ground. Which... Right, they said that was a, a tape that was recorded maybe three years ago or something. Yeah, like. do, so... do you think that they would have just stayed down there forever if we hadn't opened Probably. It? I mean, they, they were a secret organization that, like, the secret apparently died with President Shinra. Yeah. So, who knows? I guess. But, yeah, she, uh, she kind of speaks about how, like, um, when they were finally, we yeah, when we were finally let out and we we're finally like allowed to do things, we just ended up killing people. That's all we did because that's the only thing that we knew how to do. So we just killed people, and it felt great to finally you put our skills towards something. 
Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. I love killing. She said uh, she bathed in the blood of a thousand soldiers, <laughs> she and I enjoyed that. it. I reveled in it. And Reeve was like, actually, it was uh, 1,200. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when she finally stepped out of the abyss, she craved more. The lady loves death. What can we say? She loves um, death. And then she looks at Vince and she's like, you understand, right? And he's just, he, he just points his gun at her. He just points his gun at her and is like. Yeah, she's like, you, you, you love killing, right? You've killed <laughs> so many fucking things. Your, your final weapon powers up by the amount of enemies that you've killed. You De- And depending on how long you spent in that little like loading bay, you could have easily killed a thousand soldiers as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just Get about a did. A cool <laughs> 1,000 experience points. I immediately forgot the crouch button and uh, yeah, <laughs> couldn't get back out. How do I get? Out of yeah, because you can't. <laughs> holding square while you're running does not. It crouch. does not. <laughs> no, it's pretty funny. Um, in the in the tutorial when you do like the crouch button, um, Vincent does like Turk. Vincent does like a Dark Souls roll, and I was like, holy shit! I didn't know that you could do this. And then I was I was like, I never did this the entire game. And then I realized that like you know, current day Vincent Valentine just has like a, a little dash move that he does, which is way less cool. Yeah. He doesn't want to trip over his stupid cape. Yeah, I feel like you would definitely get caught up in that, uh, all tangled in that cape. It's like a cat in a bag. <laughs> I, I do like the, uh, I do like the scene though in that she's like asking him a question. She's like, you understand, right? And he just fucking points his gun at her, which like I thought was kind of a baller move. She's like no <laughs> intention to talk about this. <laughs> he says, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> and then she uh, and then she runs away, right? Like she sees what's going on and she runs out the door. She's like, how can you say that, darling? We're one the same. And then she like gleefully runs away kind of. Yeah. Backwards. She's a weird backwards dash. Out yeah. Of the, uh, back, yeah. Out she does the, a, the Korean back dash cancel out of the room. That's a, <laughs> that's a joke for my Tekken heads out there. Um, <laughs> She does a, 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 a backwards long jump, so now she can get to the final area without she getting goes, all 70 stars. Depending on which route she is currently on, she either has zero to one stars or maybe <laughs> she just has, 16. She has, she has 16, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, after killing a thousand soldiers, it at least has a five star rating, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Depends on how much damage she's sustained. <laughs> we're immediately confronted by a robot well, we, we spider. We try to chase her down the hallway, right? And they, yeah, as soon as Vincent turns the corner, yeah, we meet Black Widow. Black Widow. She's a Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Oh, I get it. With now. a with a, with a much less impressive Russian accent than Rosso. You said that the other day, and I was like, I don't understand. Sorry, ScarJo, you gotta die. What's Marvel? Yeah, I I saw the first Iron Man. Does that count? I've seen Marvel yes. movies. But yeah, so this this cutscene starts, you see uh we're in this kind of like boxy corridor at first around the lab. And the Black Widow does this cool little like scuttle away but like leaves a few like bombs on the floor. Yeah. Just shits and runs, just like uh <laughs> But it's so confusing because this hallway likes it makes it seem like this is gonna be where the fight's gonna happen, right? Yeah. Possibly. And yeah. then it just disappears. Well yeah, because like as soon as Vincent turns the corner, he's pinned down by machine gun fire from that robot, which then oh, just is he? for a second, because then it immediately stops firing at him as soon as he like hides behind the corner and it just runs away and shits out a bunch of bombs. Yeah. So, yeah. And then and the like, boss music starts. I'm like, oh, shit, I got to like get ready. And then like nothing happens because you have to like, go chase it down. Chase it down. Think, yeah. I think there's speculation that there was supposed to be another scene here. Um that involved that yeah, maybe like another Where, it's just 
technical limitations of like chasing a boss through an area or not even necessarily like- that maybe even just like them realizing like okay well this has been a very long chapter like the pacing is really weird oh, we've had yeah. that weird mind section now we have you know a difficult boss fight or, so- or no, you know what no I'm thinking about what we were talking about last episode aren't I with the mines yep yeah those mines with the uh with yeah maybe Azul chasing us through the hallway oh, or something who, yeah. who knows I'm just Only full of mechanic. shit just like this episode <laughs> um, but either way, we follow um, we follow it back, and thankfully there's no soldiers. But there is a a vending machine has spawned in one of the rooms on our way back. Yes, and we can uh, stock up there. And then we finally catch up with Black Widow in the um, atrium. In the, in the atrium. atrium. Yeah, love it. In the the first main area of uh, of Shinra Manor, and we fight it as a boss here. Which uh, Alex, you pointed out while I was playing that there is a jukebox shop in the room with us. Like as we fight this during boss. the fight, we can really? just, do, we yeah. can just like do time out and just go run yeah. over to it and stock up. <laughs> Pretty hilarious. It's very funny, <laughs> but um, yeah. So this thing is it shoots like machine guns. It does an occasional missile, but it can also like climb around on the walls and ceiling of the area too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like the wild. boss in New Donk City when uh the the Wiggler boss in New yeah. Donk City when it's raining. It's very cool because this is when I realized that the uh, the roof has caved in yes. in the entryway. It's very neat. Yeah, you can y- see the moon or the sky. Yeah, when uh, when it's running up the walls and onto the ceiling, and you're like following it with your with your reticle, it like shows that like yeah, the the ceiling's caved in. You can see the sky. It's it's a really nice little set piece for this. I thought they did a very good job. Like this reminds me of something that would be in like a modern remake, but yeah. they were oh, doing yeah. it, you know, when it was actually made. So it's um, very well done. This um, shout out to uh, Dynamite Dan of the Dirge of Cerberus speedrunning community who let me know that uh, they just kill this boss in one shot in the speedrun. Because they you use... gotta let me know how that happened. How do you build a chain before this? Uh, let me see if I can find the yeah. It's, I know that it is a chain shot abusing thing, but I don't. Um, it, it... Apparently, shooting crates also adds to your chain. Yeah, oh. so they just kind of chain it enough to have enough um, firepower in one shot with Thundaga that they just shoot it once and then it's over. So that's what. No, I, that's not what I did, but that's kind of what I did because immediately when this boss started, I did equip my, um, I guess, Materia Floater and Materia Booster, I think it is, which both level up your Materia. So I had Thundaga on, and I didn't have any chain or anything like that, but when I fired Thundaga, it did like 1,500 damage. It was an insane amount of damage. So I went ahead and used my Ether as well. So I hit him twice with Thundaga, Ethered two more times with Thundaga, and that took him down to like a sixth of his remaining health nice yeah so i went um yeah i, I slapped the uh, limit break which it was pretty effective but it's actually more effective when he's on the ceiling because you can actually sometimes knock him down he'll just like, fall on his head yeah he falls on his head it's very cute it, or upside down you get to kind of like wail on him a bit while he's uh, upside down yeah and it's uh it's a pretty cool fight it's very uh, dynamic yeah because this game has progressed very interestingly where we're kind of messing with uh now we're verticality now yeah which uh, we haven't really done much in the past fights, if I recall. He also um, has a laser attack, like a charge laser. And I did take the first charge laser right to the face. You attacked when the tail was up, you fool. I attacked when the tail was up, and I took it right to the face. And it does well over half of Vincent's HP in one hit. And I was like, oh, shit! <laughs> like when I got hit by it. 
So. Oh yeah, it says uh, 900 damage. Yeah, it's it's Oof, it's great. hefty. It will also drop mines as well. Um, another thing I learned in the tutorial, which I probably should have known from the beginning of the game, if you get hit and it like staggers Vincent and he like falls backwards, if you hit jump or like dodge at a perfect moment, it's not like that. Div it's not like frame perfect or anything, but like if you hit it within a certain timing window, you just immediately um, oh, jump nice. out of it. So you can just like go falling on the ground jump away or roll away and um you have a, a much quick quicker recovery. recovery yeah that's cool which is really really nice and really helpful hell yeah that is cool that's neat it's like frame perfect well not really maybe not frame perfect <laughs> but pretty tur tricky yeah it just takes some timing to get used to but can but definitely good help boss. in this fight yeah good good, good boss. boss and everything's fine but after we defeat it it turns red and kind of like falls and then like starts kind of glowing and blows up yeah and then while Vincent is admiring his handiwork on having blown up this uh, robot, Rosso runs at him from behind and he has just enough time to turn around and she hits him in the chest with her hand and like goes through him. Right. Yeah. Like, mortal, mortal wound. Yeah. Like um, Dragon Ball Z ass shit. <laughs> yeah. It's a mortal Kombat finisher. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. True. True. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Were you not expecting that? And then like, she rips out like it looks like she rips out his fucking heart. She like Kalimas him like right? yeah yeah. But but instead she pulls out a materia out of him. Yeah yeah. It's like another giant sphere that has a galaxy inside of it. it has a fucking galaxy inside of it. Yeah, I'm guessing that this is the proto materia. That that was my kind of first reaction as well. Yeah, um, because we know that the proto materia is linked to chaos, and as soon as she rips it out of him. His body transforms into chaos. Yeah, like while it's like convulsing a little bit. Yeah. As I'm sure anyone's would if something got ripped out of you. <laughs> yeah, right. She uh, she does the total recall thing and rips the tracker out of his nose. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she says, ah, so you can't control the beast without this. Well, there'll be no need for it when I'm done with you. And so she it looks like she's going to kill Vincent, right? She's like kneels down to finish him off. Yeah. Um, and then very heroically in the nick of time, something happens because action. Oh, I um, love it. A giant shuriken. A giant shuriken comes in out of nowhere. What? What is this? I it made me a, so goddamn happy. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that the outfit from the FF7 DLC was actually yeah. in this game. Yep. It's uh it's Yuffie and she looks extremely cute in her Moogle like poncho. Yeah. Yeah, she there's like a flash grenade goes off. And uh, Rosso is distracted as the flash dissipates. Uh, Yuffie and Vincent are gone. But yeah, we see how yeah, we, we saw uh, Yuffie with the cool Moogle hoodie. Yeah. And she screams, Wu Tai, flee! Yeah, yeah. And, she, and like Rosso runs out of the manor to try to catch them, but they're nowhere to be found. And so she like angrily punches the ground and just make, makes like a fucking crater like in the ground. So she's she got a very strong right hook. Like Yeah, it's. At least as strong, if not stronger, than Zell from Final Fantasy VIII. Ooh. If Rosa was on a train and punched the train. Yeah. <laughs> would, the, uh, would the conductor have to an issue an announcement? Yeah. And I think uh, Selfie yeah. would probably be pr p pretty pissed about that. Yeah. <laughs> if you manage to survive that wound, I'll make sure you don't survive the next one. And yeah, that's the uh, end of this chapter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, now there, there is a. Uh, There's a bit with Hojo. There's a few cutscenes after the uh, scoring, but oh, the yeah, there's, there's a screen. lot of cutscenes. I feel like in the in the rest of this. The next chapter is pretty sh quick to talk about, so I think 
we'll uh, save those cutscenes for next time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I just did a little, uh, I did a little scouting ahead, and yeah, there's it'll, uh, it makes more sense to kind of pack it in with that side of things. Yeah. Cool. Noticeably, though, Yuffie does not grab whatever it is that uh, Rosso ripped out of Vincent. She just kind yeah, of saves Vincent and disappears. And yeah, Rosso says that the end is upon us while holding it. She really should have just showed up, flash grenade, and like the materia is gone, yeah. but Vincent's still there. Yeah, 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 yeah she should have just stolen the materia. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so ranking screen time, gentlemen. Time to oh yes, time to whip out our rankings and compare them. Manner of despair. Stage results. Yeah, let me get my yeah. results out here. I got an overall um, A. Yeah. For the chapter, uh, targets destroyed, uh, 147. Um, so not quite Rosso levels, but uh, pretty good. Accuracy, 59%. I, I always take a lot of damage. I took like almost 8,000 damage. So I got I took 7,000 and still got a C. Yeah, so we're, yeah. we're a ways away. Yeah. I got 9,900 and got a D, so. Dude, I got 89 kill chains. Wow. <laughs> I think it was because I was just farming the kill chains uh, in that oh, one okay. little hallway area. Um, only used 15 items. I got, how much Mako did y'all get? 100%, baby. Hundo. 100%, hell yeah. Good good work. Good work, team. Uh, 17 work. magic casted because, you know, there were there was a lot of Mako things in there. And there were. It took me... An hour and 26 minutes because, like, <laughs> remember, like, a few chapters ago, like, this is a 10-minute chapter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For me, it was an hour and, a cool hour and four. I was also kind of trying to skip through it a little faster because uh, I spent like a good half hour playing the tutorial <laughs> and then my controller on my PS3 like was not connecting after one of the missions in the <laughs> tutorial so I had to like start over and skip to a new chapter and stuff and I was like well I'm I'm done yeah, with Dirty servers for today. <laughs> everybody who watched me do the stream had to sit there and watch me fucking fuck with the controls for 20 minutes. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> yeah, I saw you. He's like, oh no, I hope uh, I'm not late for Curse's stream. It was like 40 minutes in, and you're like, you're still on the first screen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, Vincent it was, was a, just walking towards the camera without you touching anything. It was, it was a nightmare. <laughs> but it took uh, 50 minutes. Um, I got it done in. Nice. Um, nice. Was that a uh, what rank was that? Uh, a. Damn. So yeah. I guess I didn't get. I didn't destroy as many targets as you. I did. Get, I still got the S though on that. But um. I got I got C's in damage sustained and critical hits, so that probably brought my score down. Yeah, and then I got sixty four percent accuracy, and uh, I died number. two times, and that was yeah. during the cat cheese section. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, now for the for the numbers we really care about. Yeah. How, <laughs> how we good go. were you guys with uh, Sahagin genocide? I missed one. Damn. Where was he? I don't know where he was. <laughs> you missed the baby. You missed the blind man. <laughs> Uh, I killed all 33 because I am history's greatest monster. Um, uh, sne uh, sneaking by the um, the DG soldiers as Ket She, I was clearly not wearing my sneakers for sneaking because I was discovered three times out of 13. Okay, I was discovered one. I got... I think I, I, I definitely got discovered more, but during the time I actually made it through, it was just once because... Nice. As I was jumping through like the first uh, hole, uh, I was discovered oh, okay. and was like, uh. "Here's a uh, a really useful one, which is how many Omega report files did you retrieve? Like, obviously, a little more flavor text, a little more lore. So I do like that. I got four of four. Yes, yeah, makes me happy. I don't have to go back and do that again. Yeah, same. There's a scene next week I want to pay attention to. Actually, how many did y'all get? Four out of four. Four out of four. Yeah. Okay. I may I may do some in, um investigating because there's a um. A cutscene later where the um, you delivering these report files comes up, and I'm curious if I didn't find any of them. I wait. I guess you by default. I think you find one. Yeah, you find one. Oh, okay, so that makes sense. Yeah, because I was like, I feel like I only 
got three, but there's the one that they just give you. There's the three. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You're right. I was going to say, like, I also feel like I only got three. Yeah. I, unless I'm completely misremembering, which there's a very good chance. Because I think it'd be very funny. It's like, we got nothing, boss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we don't need that shit anyway. Um, uh, three out of four mines deactivated. Nice. What happened to the fourth one? I stepped on it. Oh. <laughs> what about you, Curtis? You got all four? Well, I was, I, yeah, I got all four. I was wondering if you could, like, not. I was like, how would you not get all four? Because, like, you got to take them out somehow. Because, like. Yeah, I had one of four. Okay, okay. I think either step on it or the timer runs. Yeah, so okay. it's weird in this. Because I was, in, like, in both your situation and mine, the mine blew up. Yeah, <laughs> like, according, to the, yeah according to the WRO debriefing, um,. Blowing up by you stepping on it but not dying is not deactivating the mine, but shooting it with a bullet and not getting hurt is deactivating it. So or it, shooting it with you a bullet explain that and one, getting Reef? hurt is deactivating <laughs> it. I think it's because the mine has fulfilled its purpose if you step on it. Okay. So <laughs> you're supposed to deny its uh its purpose yeah. by shooting it. Yeah. Well, whatever, Reeve. I'm not. Well, I don't whatever, have to fucking Reeve. impress you. You should. <laughs> Listen, we're even. I blew up three of the mines. Reeve got discovered three times as catchy. Fuck them. Whatever. <laughs> VTuber died three times. <laughs> <laughs> See, if catchy was a VTuber, I would like it a lot more. It's not a VTuber. Oh my goodness. <laughs> when are we going to advance the VTuber technology to the point where we can have like robots that then have the, the VTuber grafted do it? So that way you can just control a robot. Also, I Curtis, have, I was thinking we should do a VTuber band. I want. I wonder if there is one, or if anybody's done anything oh, there like is. that. There is. There's VTubers who do performances and stuff, but actually well, I mean, do like the an instrumental band. Well, maybe not. But coming at you real soon. <laughs> It'll be cool in season eight of uh, of the Every FNFF podcast when they was like, "Oh, this was the origin when they uh, came up with the VTuber band." <laughs> When it's way past its like, relevancy. <laughs> VTubing will never die. I don't even really watch VTubers. I'm just a. Dude, a you know what? I'm going to use. A, I'm going to take a VTubing. I mean, so you use the camera, but I'm going to rig it up to like a little tiny animatronic on my desk. So it's like a little and point a camera in it. So it's just like a little, a little tiny robot. I, ha I have a theory about it. That'll be the new I Bitcoin. <laughs> right next to uh, unvaccinated sperm. <laughs> I actually have a theory. I have a, th a, a VTubing theory. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Lay it on me. My theory is that it'll last a good long time, whether or not it lasts in its current like state of being like ultra popular, because it's very easy to be lazy with it. Because I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't need to comb my hair or brush my teeth or take a shower. I can just turn on the thing and do all those things later. And like, mm, that's bound to stick around for those reasons. Yeah, I feel like I would be remiss to not um, give a shout out to my buddy Marionette on Twitch. Um, cause today to date the podcast, we are recording this on two 2022. <laughs> so it's Tuesday, on a Tuesday, yeah. on a Tuesday. So it's Tuesday. Two is Mario's. He's known for that number. That's his, that's his number. And he's also a very avid, uh, VTube fan. So shout outs to Mario. Fantastic. Good job, Mario. <laughs> Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I have for today. Yeah. No announcements. I'm not doing anything. I do have an announcement, actually. <gasps> oh. Um, I was on the Don't Give Up Skeleton podcast, uh, hosted by Jeremy Greer. Um, so that was extremely fun. If you're not familiar with that show, it's just um, a Dark Souls podcast where Jeremy just gets various guests uh, to talk about Dark Souls and what it means to them and, you know, their experience with it. It's a really great show. Uh, very, very... 
I was very honored to be a part of it because I've been listening to podcasts that Jeremy has been a part of, whether it be, you know, on his own or on the Duckfeed TV uh, network. So it was super cool. Um, we've been kind of like internet friends for a while, uh, and it kind of just came out of nowhere because he was tweeting about a podcast that he did and how he missed it. And he was like, yeah, if anyone, you know, has a podcast that they want me to be on. So I was like, hey, one, have you played Dirge of Cerberus? <laughs> and two, if not, do you want to just fucking bullshit and talk about it anyway? And he was like, yes, I have not played it, but I would definitely like to be on the podcast. But we got to talking and he was like, yeah, I'll just do an episode of that again. So Hell yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, check that out. Jeremy Greer, if you're listening, play Dirge of Cerberus. We have seven more chapters to go (laughs) (laughs) wonderful alex do you want to appear in front of us and reach deep within our body and pull out uh (laughs) an outro for this show (laughs) yeah i can do that uh thank you to masashi hama uzu um for those who are curious the theme song this season is a remix i did of trigger situation which you can find on my soundcloud if you want which is just malform i put it up there because someone asked for it it was real fun to work on um leave us a review on itunes leave us a rating on spotify leave us a message at 530 materia um join our discord which you can find a link to on our twitter or our instagram but fuck what was i about to say you said but but fuck but all this matters little to me it's not every day you're granted the chance to cleanse the world of all podcasts (laughs) (laughs) if only if only we could a man can dream though